it's a different world now. It's a different world. These are incredibly challenging times. People are creative and resilient. How do we look at the spaces in this post-COVID environment? Every so often, innovation, creativity, and hospitality come together to create a truly unique and memorable design. Listen in as we investigate the stories behind these designs and speak to some of the people involved. On this episode, design agencies Anwar Mikayash and Josh Wyatt, CEO of Neuerhaus, will be discussing how the hospitality industry might navigate a post-COVID-19 world. Hey Josh, how's it going? Hi Anwar. How are you? <laughs> I'm 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 good. How are things on your side of the uh, the world? Well, I'm sitting here in a very lovely London spring evening. Excellent. And the the family's the family's well. Despite the challenges that we all face, it's been great to actually be at home for the last month with my uh, with my family. Yeah, it's quite it's definitely refreshing. And it, you know, we both have small uh, small children, so it's. Uh, it's it's challenging yet uh, wonderful at the same time. Uh, definitely bizarre circumstances. Um, but I thought I thought um, you know maybe for our listeners it would be good to get a little bit of background you know on on Noya House as a platform. Um, you know obviously we've been working with you and your team for uh, probably just over a year, maybe what a year and a half, and a uh, lot of momentum coming up uh, at the beginning of 2020 this year with. Uh, with us launching, you know, Eleven in New York and and Neuhaus Bradbury, but maybe for people that don't know Neuhaus, uh, just give us sort of a high level like uh, update or or overview of, of what it is. Yeah, so Neuhaus has been around for I guess going on seven years now. I became CEO in November two thousand eighteen, and. The company really was uh, way ahead of its time when it first opened in 2013. You know, like a lot of great ideas or a lot of companies, um, it it was so far ahead of its time uh, that the team and the founding team were really brilliant individuals uh, who were able to create this uh, special je ne sais quoi, this special positioning um, where through the confluence of design, hospitality, programming, uh, and events, uh, they were able to bring together this very special uh, place to work, uh, to meet, uh, to have incredible events. Uh, and, you know, like sometimes, you know, ideas that are ahead of their time, they hit, they hit a little bit of a wall a couple of years ago. Uh, and it needed some fresh, uh, fresh perspective and some fresh capital to come in. And so, when I got involved, obviously one of my first calls was to to you and design agency because we wanted to continue the legacy of this incredible design. Uh, Rockwell Studios had designed the first two, but I felt that it was time to evolve a little bit and and really sort of step forward and think about uh, you know some new fresh perspectives uh, and really trying to balance and and respect the original positioning of the brand and design and and then bring it into, you know, the next phases. Uh, so, you know, you and, and I and, and others in the company, we set forth to uh, launch uh, a new property in downtown LA in, in, uh, housed in the Bradbury building, uh, which is this iconic, incredible building built in 1893. And uh, we also set out to create a new product uh, in the existing New York property, uh, which is called Eleven by Neuhaus. 
the projects that were announced, uh, you know, just recently, Miami and Venice Beach. Has your perspective changed on those projects in any way, or how do you think those fit, sort of fit in to sort of the future? You know, I think the the the, the virus is obviously a terrible thing, and it's created. Uh, incredible destructive moments across society, uh, both from a health perspective, a physical health perspective, a mental health perspective, and obviously financially. Um, so, you know, make no mistake, th- these are incredibly challenging and dark times. But to be an optimist, um, these types of moments in human history have always given themselves over to periods of innovation and periods of experimentation. And so in a perverse way, I'm actually sort of grateful that we have not gone into uh, the final, um, you know, high, highly detailed design uh, phase of uh, Venice and Miami. So, you know, I think we'll be able to pivot and change. Uh, And so, you know, to that end, thinking about how do we look at the spaces in this post-COVID environment? How do we look at materials? Uh, so, you know, whether or not it's true, there, there's been certain ideas that certain alloys and, and metals are uh, a little more um, uh, antivirus than others. So copper, for example. Like um, copper, you know, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, maybe, and again, is it is it better to have just launched and delivered a brand new property as in Bradbury <laughs> or, you know, is it better to not have started really uh, on uh, on Venice Beach in Miami where we now have the chance to maybe take, you know, three months, let's say, maybe a little bit longer to take a step back and redesign uh, how we look at the use of materials and and obviously how we look at the spacing of uh, of of the moments that people interact. So, you know, I, I think, you know, again, even, even if we get to a, a position where there's a vaccine or, um, or some type of answer to this crisis, I think people psychologically are going to be definitely changed. Um, you know, the, the spacing of people, how you arrive into uh, a restaurant, how you arrive into the lobby of a hotel or or the lobby of an office, um, how, you know, how you flow around people. Uh, it's all going to be up for discussion and debate over the next uh, probably several years. And you'll see this, I think, manifest itself. You know, the design industry and the hotel industry even though it's innovative, it always takes years for some of these ideas to actually manifest themselves into completed projects. You know, maybe Neuhaus will be on the forefront of actually delivering something fresh and new immediately uh, later in 2020 or 2021 when we open these new properties uh, where we can say, hey, look, you know, there's plenty of space. Uh, the use of materials was really thought through and we were the first people to do it, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, despite the challenges, I remain actually quite an optimist. Yeah, we're. I, I totally share that that sentiment. Uh, we're we're thinking along the same lines at Design Agency, uh, really for all our clients in terms of materiality and technology and and just social norms in terms of, like you said, people being conscious of of how they want to interact with each other in the future. Um, and there there has to be a you know uh, an optimistic uh, outlook, I think, in order to drive some of these innovations. Um, and in, in a way, though, you know, when I think about Neuhaus and when I think about sort of the evolution of 
private workspaces in general. Uh, I mean, everybody, you know, everybody's talking about remote working right now, right? And in a sense, I mean, private workspaces like Neuhaus, uh, that whole trend of, of uh, private creative workspaces, in a way, really kind of was the start of remote working. Um, how do you see that evolving? And do you think people are going to, like, are they going to embrace it? How do you, how do you think that fits in? One of the things that I've seen quite often um, recently in the last, you know, four to six weeks in the press, um, which I absolutely believe is true, is that, you know, is the virus leading to fundamental change of how people interact or how people act? I, I would argue in a way, no, it's just accelerating certain behaviors. So if you look at the fact that grocery stores uh, and the rise of, um, of Fresh Direct or, or Ocado over here in the UK, um, how they've been gaining market share on corner grocery stores or even these big chain grocery stores. Um, if you look at how the overall retail industry has really pivoted from these big box retailers or even the high street retailers uh, into everything online you know, or direct to consumer, the same thing is happening at a now more accelerated speed, I think, in the work environment and the social environment. So I'm actually extremely bullish on the future of Neuhaus and the future of these shared work environments where companies are now realizing, wait a minute, you know, for a quarter of our real estate cost, or maybe even a tenth of our real estate cost, we can get rid of um, our main big offices and these huge leases, and we can break teams up and make them work from home. But the senior executives or the creatives are always going to have either the need or the ability or the perk to be able to plug back into a, a physical space and work one day a week or two days a week uh, or have a meeting or conduct a, uh, an event uh, or, um, you know, after working three or four days in a row at home, you know, and getting maybe a little bit, a uh, little bit stir crazy, going out and working in a place where you can then sit and have a drink afterwards, not have to get on a subway or get in an Uber, but you can actually stay at a highly elevated bar um, and have a dinner or, or a beautiful glass of wine um, and, and then look at a programming event. Absolutely. So I, I think the way that humans move and how they use, how they use space, I think will be very, um, I, I think it will just be accelerated. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're totally right. I mean, the, the conversation that we're having around, uh, workplaces, I mean, is even for ourselves, you know, uh, looking at our studio and the way it's set up, looking, you know, there's a lot of people talking about remote working, a lot of people talking about shift work, um, you know, just the whole balance, uh, the whole concept of seven days a week and nine to five, what does that actually mean? Um, and I was thinking the same thing when you mentioned sort of, you know, these skyscrapers, the glass towers, the sprawling office design of the past, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to have a, uh, an office of a thousand people on one floor, just all kind of, you know, the usual desks and, and boardrooms. Uh, you know, I, I think if anything, what, what I've seen at Neuhaus and some of the stuff we've done with you, like I could imagine companies wanting to design their office space to almost function and look like a form of a private workplace where you have those different moments in those different places where people can come and go. Um, 
to work at, um, you know, if if it, if it was a larger company, or like you said, moving their CEOs or creatives to to a place like Neuhaus, I think that's incredibly uh, incredibly interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think if you look at uh, you look at Bradbury um, in downtown LA, which is the you know as I mentioned before, the the latest Neuhaus to open, um, it is very very. Uh, sort of open plan design, huge spaces between desks, big corridors, you know, fresh feeling design. I, I definitely look at that environment and I would much rather be working in an environment like that versus going to a, you know, sort of commoditized mid-market office floor plate where I walk in, I, I'm immediately bouncing off 50 other people um, my cubicle is a six by eight cubicle next to someone that can literally stand up and sneeze on me. You know, I mean, if, if you look at the, the, the difference at Bradbury Neuhaus and, and the, the original design, even at, at Neuhaus in uh, New York and Hollywood, um, it's, it's a fundamentally different experience. And so I'm quite optimistic about the future and about the, the, the place of Neuhaus in that future. As you think about your existing assets, are you going to, have like a phased back approach or strategy to retrofit the spaces a little bit. Like, are you going to be moving around the FF and E a little bit, or? Yeah, we absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, it, it all comes down to uh, how uh, how generous Uncle Sam wants to be with his government bailout packages. <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, this is a time I, I, I do. You know, it's an obvious statement, but th- those with capital. Uh, and some freedom and flexibility are going to be able to create some really amazing things. And, um, and those without, those without that, that type of freedom and flexibility will obviously be hamstrung a bit. Um, you know, part of my job as CEO is to figure out that equation. But yeah, yeah I mean, if money, if money was not an object, I, I definitely have some ideas that I would love to deploy. I mean, in a perfect world, we could start designing and, you know, going on site, um, you know, in the next month or two in both New York and Hollywood and doing some retrofits, you know, whether or not that's realistic is obviously a lot of moving parts to, to determine. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm of course, I would love to get into the laboratory and start tinkering. That's for sure. Of course. Um, and let me, you know, I'd love to know, you know, your background, obviously, and our history together, you know, your background in hotels, right? And I was thinking about this the other day. It's kind of it's kind of ironic, uh, you know, having worked almost uh, together for ten years on on generator. I mean, that was all about shared spaces and shared rooms on one end of the spectrum, right? With your background in hotels and hostels, where do you like? What are you hearing now from your your network, and what's your sort of outlook on? Hotels and hostels. I know that's a big question, um, but just just high level. Like, what 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 are you seeing or thinking? Or because it, it's kind of it, it's not it's not the same as five years ago when we were creating, you know, the world's largest shared accommodation hostel hotel platform. Right at the time, it's a different world now. It's a different world. Uh, it's amazing how you know, fast things can change. Um, I think fundamentally shared accommodation right now, it will come back for sure. But I think we're talking about a decade, maybe. I think you'll see um, hotels for the next year um, 
are going to get hit really, really bad. Um, I think that you'll see a lot of uh, shutdowns, like actual full shutdowns, uh, unlike, you know, we haven't seen for 100 years. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I think there were already too many hotels and hotel brands to begin with. Just like even in in uh, in Neuhaus's uh, market, there's a lot of you know a lot of brands opening every day or every month that maybe don't always necessarily need to survive. And so, you know, this this uh, focus on finding sort of best in class operators, management teams, owners, and really coming up with the right product for the times, I think, will be very important. Um, I think you'll see. You know, some of the products like um, like Generator, which really depended on massive, massive volume in very, very tight spaces, it will be very interesting to see how that's a financially viable product uh, going forward for the next five or 10 years. I mean, if, if pure real estate um, dynamics, you know, for, for a youth hostel with the density of Generator, for example, to work, I think you'd have to remove 60% of the bed stock easily maybe more, maybe 75% of the beds in the property. So, you know, all of a sudden, uh, if you had a thousand beds and your property is worth a hundred million dollars, let's say you have 250 beds now, you probably, your property is going to be worth $25 million. So, you know, it's a 75% write down in value um, overnight. And, and I think that's, it sounds crazy, but I don't think that that is necessarily that crazy of a, of an analysis. Um, and maybe yeah. it's a little bit draconian, but um, that's probably what's going to happen. Um, I think the hotels that will survive, again, a big fan of luxury. I think luxury will always survive. It's big rooms, big corridors, uh, very elevated service and and the pricing to support that type of service. I think the, the middle market um, in anything, retail, hospitality, restaurants, I think is going to have a very hard go of it. Um, and, and then the budget on the budget side, um, you know, again, retail, hotel, restaurant, I, I think they, they can adapt, but it just depends on the density factor. So you'll see a lot of, um, a lot of changes there, some bankruptcies. I think the companies that can pivot and use automation, you know, much sort of cleaner ordering processes will survive and will win. I mean, I think the other interesting debate, and, and this is some work that you guys have done, especially for, uh, the restaurateur David Chang is how does something like Las Vegas survive this? You know, I mean, think about Vegas density and people handling a lot of different things, poker chips, yeah. you're touching cards, slot machines. Um, how does all this work psychologically with people going forward? So I think it'll be, re- I think every industry, there's not one industry on the face of the planet that isn't going to have to go through this analysis and really think about it. Um, I think there, there's going to be a lot of pain, um, but I don't say that, again, as a pessimist. I just think that sometimes this is okay in terms of forcing companies or industries to really forcefully innovate. Um, and hopefully the good that comes out of this is that there will be companies, individuals, and hopefully societies or governments that take things, I think, a little more um, thoughtfully as opposed to this sort of grow, you know, grow at all cost, produce at all cost mentality that really, it's almost sort of been a form of collective insanity over the last 20 years. And maybe the slowdown, um, you know, or what's been sort of coined in the press is this great pause is not necessarily a bad thing. 
Yeah, I agreed 100%. Uh, you know, it, it is very tragic, the loss of life, but I agree the you know, the silver lining, um, it has to be there. And I think people um, are creative and resilient enough to, to look for that. Ironically, you know, as we talk about these things, whether it's luxury hotels or working or one of the challenges is that all this requires more space, more physical space, more more square footage, you know, it's more social distancing, more social responsibility, everybody's personal sense of space, even just how airports are designed and how we travel, I think is a big one that I've been thinking about a lot uh, lately. And and I think just even, I think there's some low-lying fruit, simple improvements in everyday society that through just organization, technology, design, things that don't need to take a long time to happen that can, you know, kind of happen immediately as we phase out of this. Uh, so I'm optimistic to see how some of those uh, things take place in, in society because I think they're they're the responsible thing to do. I think as well, um, you know, you guys are kind of home of the new and uh, I, I like your new slogan, uh, by your side. I, I think the sense of community is really important during this time and We've definitely felt that at Design Agency, um, where we feel like our community of designers and uh, not just our inner circle of our designers and staff and uh, people that we have around the world, uh, you know, because we have studios in in lots of different places, but the community just of sharing information, of doing conversations like this, of talking to our colleagues, our clients, uh, our friends. I've never really seen it this amplified. You mentioned the great pause. It's also a great opportunity for uh, community and communication. And I'm, I'm seeing that a lot at the personal level and just in terms of how much people are communicating, even though they're remote. remote. And, and maybe it's because of that. Maybe it's because everybody is yearning for that um, that connection because the physical connection is not there anymore. Totally agree. I think it's... Um I think it's the sense that a, I think we have, we all have a little more mental time right now. And so we're trying to clear out our own mental clutter. And in the course of a normal day pre virus, we're just getting bombarded by different imagery, different noise, phones. And now we have more time to think. And I think we're all taking stock of what's important in terms of relationships. Um, I do agree with you. It sort of feels like we've gone in a, it's like back to the future. We've gone in a time machine back to like the 1980s before there was all this crazy velocity of information where you had to be on all the time. And back then, I mean, I remember looking at, you know, my parents' generation, you know, they you'd read a book, you'd come home, you'd have dinner with your family. Uh, you, you know, a phone call was an important thing. You'd schedule it and you make time for it. That just really has not been happening until, until you know, the situation we find ourselves in now. And I, I, like I said, the, the 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 overall virus is obviously a horrible, horrible thing. Terrible cost to human life uh, and and massive financial destruction. However, that said, I, there there are a couple silver linings to this, and and one is you know one of those is to be able to be a little more thoughtful and mindful about our interactions and community. Uh, and I do think that community will survive, and I'm I'm very optimistic, and I think that people will look up a little bit from, you know, this fast paced environment and start to really proverbial sort of smell the roses. I mean, I, I'm noticing just, you know, certain learning points and really focusing on key ideas that I haven't had time to focus on 
uh, in a long time. So again, not everything, not everything is, uh, is gloom and doom. There are some really positive things to come out of this. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, listen, I, I really appreciate you taking the time and, uh, I, I, I look forward to, uh, sharing uh, a, a glass of wine in either LA or New York sometime soon when we all get to reconnect in person. It's, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of great moments as we, uh, as we reconnect and reunite uh, in the, the near future. So thank you. Well, yeah, and I'd like to thank you and Design Agency and, and your partners uh, over the years and obviously most recently for delivering a, a really, truly stunning and, and beautiful uh, Bradbury building for Neuhaus and, and 11 at Madison Square. I mean, I, I think, you know, going, going into this virus, we were really riding at, at, a, at a top or peak level um, with tons of momentum. And even though that momentum will look different coming out of this, I think, you know, building some of these really gorgeous, iconic and thoughtful spaces is something that I've always uh, really admired from uh, from design agency. So thank you for the long time collaboration and, um, you know, look forward to what's going to come out of this and, and some of the interesting ideas that will come next. Thanks, Josh. We'll uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Likewise. Okay. Take care. <laughs>